Good morning once again. Y'all get out your Bibles if you have them with you or your tablet and your worship God. We'll get into God's Word together. The God just who won't let go. Are you grateful for God's uh, love that He just doesn't let go of us? Or how many of you want to have a God that just uh, kind of pushes us to the side and He goes, hey, enough. Have you ever given up on anybody? Sure. You don't want to admit it though in church, do you? And, you know, one of the things about parenting, it's always awesome how parents, regardless of how we love them, they, they come back, they're resilient, and they love us, and, and they don't let go of us. At least most parents do that. But our Heavenly Father, He just doesn't let go. And I don't know where you are in life. Maybe your life right now is so good, and you're so full. And I go, man, bless the Lord. And you might come here today and you go, I'm pretty depleted. I'm pretty empty. I just feel like I'm trying to do this thing on my own and today God wants to bring you to the end of yourself and he wants to rescue and you, you rescue you and maybe do something for you special today so be open to that in Genesis if you'll turn in the scriptures there to the 32nd chapter of Genesis <clears throat> and there in Genesis 32 verses uh, 25 and 26 listen to God's word today when the man saw that he could not overpower him he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man and then the man said let me go for it is daybreak but Jacob replied I will not let you go unless you bless me I won't let you go unless you bless me and you've probably read that scripture before or maybe not recently but today as we try to look at Jacob's life that there's a, a couple of categories here in his life and I think I put it right there at the very top of the outline look Hey, show me if you've got these. Hold these up. There you go. Good. <laughs> okay, get ready to write or uh, fill out your grocery list. I don't know what you're doing. Okay, here it is. We realize that Jacob's life will what? Can basically be divided into two distinct chapters. His life before the fight, and he did have a fight here, and after the fight, and his life before the limp, and then after the limp. And the scripture says that uh, he did have a limp after he got touched here, and it was just a little mere touch that we'll look at. But uh, I think one of the things that God wants to teach you and me this morning is this. Self-sufficiency won't cut it. It never has, and it never will. Would you just write those two words on your outline today? Self-sufficiency. Jacob was a man that he thought he was pretty sufficient on his own, but then things didn't tend, uh, tend to work out to, for him so well with his father-in-law Laban and, and different ones and his brother Esau and <clears throat> how he deceived him into the birthright and how these things. But the thing is about Jacob's life, he was a man of God. He, he talked to God. He, he prayed to God on a regular basis. He thought about God a lot, probably. His life was motivated, motivated by his own strength, by his own schemes. And uh, he just, uh, he, he believed in God. So I don't, I don't want to just write him off. I mean, he was, a, he, he was a believer in God. And I meet people all the time, they go, oh, I believe in God, I believe in God. But here's what I want you to think about with Jacob. But Jacob, his problem is probably like ours. He relied on himself more than he did God. He trusted himself and he didn't trust God. And I think about how many times do we try to take matters into our own hands and we go, God, I can do this. God, I am sufficient one. <clears throat> and one thing I've learned about following Christ, he is always going to be supreme. He is always sufficient one. And I'm always going to be weak. And he always wants to overpower me, and he wants to crush me and reduce me and conquer me that I'll somehow submit to him and yield to him for my life and not rely on myself. But God had promised Jacob that 
through you, Jacob, is going to come a great nation and this whole company of nations. But yet, in the midst of that, Jacob is a man, I think, from studying his life, he's full of fears and he's full of anxieties. Now, let's just pause there. Are we not a people like that, maybe? Maybe today you came in here and there's a lot of anxiety in your life. And I pray that somehow God will take this message today and he'll help you to release your anxieties to him. <coughs> or maybe, excuse me for the little cough, I don't know where that came from the last uh, 24 hours. It's, it's annoying. <laughs> I know I'm annoying you, but I'm annoying myself, okay? But here it is, these fears and these anxieties for Jacob. But Jacob proves to be faithful when he hangs in there. And yet, we, we read about in this section of Scripture that he eventually, he collapses into a deep sleep. How many of you can't wait to sleep? And I'm not talking about right now. But don't you love it at night when you've had a really exhausting day and you collapse at the end of the day? Does anybody enjoy that as much as I do? Yeah. And right now, I am so tired. I didn't sleep all, all night last night. I don't know what happened. I, was, I had this headache. I had some stuff going on. And I kept looking at the clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? And it was just horrible. And I was like, man, God, we got to get up and go to church tomorrow. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> so this afternoon, I plan to crash. Can I get an amen? How many of you going to, do y'all ever crash on Sunday afternoon? Rest of your line. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so Jacob here, he's left all alone, his family, his servants, his possessions. And, uh, but out of, out of the darkness, there comes a man. You know, different commentators say hey, it was God himself. It was God in the form of a man. It was an angel. But he comes to Jacob. And when he comes to him, he proceeds to wrestle with this guy. And they, <coughs> they, they toil, they struggle all through the hours of the night. And it was a very tough thing. And maybe that's why I didn't sleep last night, so I can really feel a little more of this passion here. But let's fill in the first blank. Jacob could not be overpowered by the angel. He, at this point, early in the story, he just wasn't overpowered by the angel, but he, but he probably is like, man, what's going on here? And they fight back and forth, and, and the man, or God, or the angel grips him. And what does the scripture say? That Jacob will not let go of him. He holds on to him profoundly. He holds to him. He won't, he won't uh, give up the struggle. And they struggle for hour and hour after hour, and Jacob cannot win, but then the man doesn't tend to win either he just sustains Jacob God does that he might be in this battle and I just want us to think about it how many times have you ever wrestled with God over some issues of life probably a lot and every single time we never win against God and there's sometimes that we don't sleep there's sometimes that we're just heavy of soul heavy of mind of spirit and God's trying to get our attention and he's trying to do something in our life and we'll just we'll fight him over it eventually knowing hey God I'm not going to win because God's will is triumphant. God wants to overcome us. He is much bigger than this. And here's this man, this man. Who is this man? He's not like a superman. He's not like built like Goliath that we read about in the Old Testament. But uh, this angel here, he takes on the form of a man. And he wrestles with Jacob all night long. And I'm just thinking about it. So many times when we wrestle, how tough is it? Because God tests Jacob. He just tests him in this situation. And God will test us. And maybe... Uh, this week, this month, maybe God's testing our faith. He's trying to purify our faith that we can be more like him and, and move after him. But you know what I learned? Jacob simply won't give up. He's weary. He's exhausted. 
He's, he's depleted. There's fear. There's pain. But he hangs on to God. And you know, that's really what I want to say to you today. we got to cling to God. we got to hold on to God. No matter how tough things get or how tough things are or how tough things might get in the future, God wants us to hold on to him and to endure in his strength. You remember Winston Churchill when he gave that, gave that great speech, I think back in, uh, in the 40s, <coughs> 1941. He said this. He basically he had an invitation to go to this school and speak to like 600 uh, schoolboys. And you, you've heard that uh, thing over and over. Basically, he says, never, 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 ever give up. And he's, he just won't give up. And it's a pro- profound speech. It's very few words. But I, I find some of the best speeches are the ones that are kind of short anyway. <laughs> You're saying, man, are you going to have a short one today? I might. But God just wants us not to give up. And so this morning, it could be there's somebody who came here today, for some reason I was burdened just to do a kind of a solo message, we're not in a series, starting a series next weekend, and I thought there might be some people, there might be a lot of people that are prone to wander, they're prone to give up, they're prone to cash it in, they're just, they're just struggling, and God says, don't give up, I'm going to hold on to you. And you can wrestle with me, and you can fight me, but I'm going to win, and I am God, and you are not. So... So look at, look at the second point. Jacob was defeated by the merest touch of the angel. Just a little bitty touch. You know what I mean? God definitely has the power. He could have slain him. He could have smitten him. He could have destroyed him, crushed him. Just barely touches him. And man, he has changed. And I think about, when I think about that, I think about, look, look there in verse 25. What does it say? He touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. He just, he just touched that hip. We've learned from, uh, from wrestlers just in, in, in their sport that if you can break down a man's hip, huh, they're pretty much rendered powerless. There's not a lot going on. And after this story, we know from Scripture, there's this limp that he has the rest of his life. And I just think it's, so it's our weakness. We all have weaknesses. Sometimes our weaknesses, everybody else knows them. And then sometimes they know they just don't tell us. But in our weaknesses, that's where God is strong. God is drawn to our weakness. Write that down. God is drawn. He is attracted to your weakness. So where you're really weak this morning, I think that's where God wants to be strong for you and for me. And he wants to come near, not to fight him, but to sustain us, to give us his presence. And this conflict here, uh, I believe this conflict is instigated by God. I think God caused it. He, he provided it because he loved Jacob. He wanted Jacob. He said, Jacob, you are so full of yourself. You, you remember the word I've told you over and over, the word ego, E-G-O? Here's the best definition from Rick Warren. Edge, God, out. How many of us struggle with ego today? Probably all of us at some point or other. And God says, I don't want you to edge me out. I want you to invite me into the center of whatever situation or circumstance you find yourself in. And there I can be strong, there I can deliver you, there I can help you. But I'm going to teach you as he taught Jacob. Jacob, you have limitations. And you're not able on your own. And when you trust in your own devices and your own schemes or whatever, I'm going to bring you to the end of yourself. You know, this is a parallels to my, my, my testimony. As a 19-year-old freshman full of myself, full of vigor and energy and life and zeal and passion. God crushed me through some situations in my life. And in that process, it brought me to the reality of committing and surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. 
And it was because of bringing it, me to the end of myself that I looked for him. I looked outside of myself that I needed somebody so much greater than me, and it was the Lord God. And I am so grateful that God rescued me. How many of you grateful this morning that God's rescued you? Amen. You're saying, well, I don't know, man. He, you know. Yeah, I hope you say, amen. Yes, God rescued me. And there's just something about our human flesh that we want to I am man. I want to do it. I'm, what is it, hell and ready? I am woman. Hear me roar. Hey, I, I want to do this on my own. And God didn't want to have any part in that. God's so much greater than that. And for Jacob, and then you might even would think, well, God, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. I mean, we could go through all of life saying, God, this isn't fair. But you know what's not fair? I'll tell you what's not fair. What's not fair is that you and I, get to escape punishment for our sin and we get to escape hell because of the precious blood of jesus christ that christ the sinless one dies and pardons you and me that we can be free and can be forgiven and have freedom and can live forever is that good news church that's not fair god's son taking the wrath of my sin and your sin upon himself and he rescues us. I'm like, man, that is grace. Exactly, grace. And this grace, I mean, I see it all here in this story. And the third point is this. Look at it. Jacob would not let go of the Lord. In the, in the 73rd Psalm, and you've heard this verse, but I, I want you to hear it. I love this. <coughs> I quoted this the other day at Lindsay's service, but I want you to hear this. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Can you just write down your notes, just write the word portion. God wants to be your portion. We know about portions, don't we? Remember when you were little and you had brothers or sisters or whatever, and you were sitting there and your mama was um, uh, giving out the pie or whatever? You go, wait, wait, wait a minute. Jimmy got a bigger piece than I did. I want a bigger portion. Did anybody ever do that besides me? I mean, I was always like, wait a minute, wait a minute. His is bigger than mine. I, I want my portion. Well, here it is. Here's the portion above all portions. God wants to give us himself, a portion of himself for life. And God, you're the one that I find that you won't let go of me. The Lord, you're a gentleman. God, you're full of grace. God, you don't come in demanding your way. You invite us to journey, to walk, to participate with you. But you're a gentleman of grace. And Lord, you call me to finish and to end the conflict and to overcome and to, and to overcome this pain. And yet, when I look at the life of uh, Jacob, and he starts off with Esau and how he deceives him and all the, uh, the, the mess that happens between those two brothers. And then he ends up in this fight and this wrestle with God, with the angel. And this story's here, a lot of times I'm like, well, God, I'm not sure. But then I look at it and go, well, God, that's exactly it. You won't let go. God, you'll hold on. Or that's what Jacob says. You know, God, I'm, I'm not going to let go unless you bless me. Lord, I want to hold on. Because now I've realized I've been trying to do this on my own. I've been sufficient in myself, and that didn't get me very far. But now, God, I realize you've got me where you want me. I know you're saying, Keith, that is such a simplistic message. But it's simplistic, but, man, it's freedom-giving. When God says, I've got you the place. I want you to surrender. I want you to just to, to give it over to me. That, Lord, at the end of the day, you're the only blessing that matters. God, I want you. 
Lord, I want you in my life. I need, I need more of you. Because if I have more of you, then I found life. And God, if I get more of me, then I lose and everybody else loses. But God, if I somehow allow you to be large in my life and in charge, then God, life adds up and it goes forward. And Lord, you're supreme. So Lord, I just want you. You know, that's what I asked you this Memorial Day weekend. Sometime today, would you just get away with the Lord and say, God, I've made a mess of my life or I've made a mess this week or I've ruined a relationship or whatever's going on. But God, I need you. Lord, if you would just come, if you would just come and fill me and you become my portion and you fill me with your life, then that would be enough. And the church said, amen, because God, you're the only eternal. God, you're the one that's constant. Oh God, you are my God, said the psalmist. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. My soul cleaves to clinging and that's what i pray today we'll walk out here saying god i kind of came in here on a thread just barely hanging on but lord i'm gonna leave here today with spiritual resolve i'm gonna leave here today determined that i won't let go of you i'm gonna hold you as you grip me hey have you ever been to disney world or six flags or somewhere and what do you do with your little kids you hold their hands so tight that went, Mama, Mama, you're cutting off the circulation. Could you just let it off a little bit? Because what? You don't want to lose them. You're just, you're just holding on to them. I mean, you know when you go to the grocery store, what do you do? You, you, you grab their hands and you just want to pinch it, you know? And I know some of you have these little, uh, or I hadn't seen them lately. We, we had them when we were raising our girls. <coughs> they had those, they look like dog uh, leashes. And I used to think those were the cruelest things. And, and I would see those and I'd go, what parent would do that that is and we got one uh and and not for rachel that would be her sister and it was a wonderful device because uh you know like you know she would do this to me she we would go in a clothing store and she would hide at the very bottom of the clothes and i'd be looking around like man kid's been abducted where is she you know and she'd just be laughing so one day when she has kids, maybe she, no, anyway, here, here it is. You know, you know what I'm saying? But clinging, holding on. Are you holding on to God just like you would hold on to your little kid? I mean, you get ready to cross the street. No, hold mommy's hand. Hold daddy's hand. Because you know that's important. Lord, I want you to be the center of my life. Look at this message question right here in the middle. Do you want God more than anything? Man, that is a simple, powerful truth. What, what do you want this morning? He said, Keith, I want fame. I want possessions, I want money, I want blank. But here's the one I hope you'll get to. God, I want you. You're the one that matters. You're the one that can, can or has redeemed my soul. You're the one that is grace. You're the one that is forgiveness. You, you are peace yourself. You are power. You are joy. You are my refuge you are my stronghold. You are the strength of my life. Yes, Lord, you are the light of my life. Lord, I want you. You know, I just think about how powerful that truth is that we cling on to the Lord. And uh, so this morning, it could be that something's tough going to happen in the next three to six months in your life. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody walks out on you or maybe you lose a fortune or you lose your business or you lose your health or, or you lose something. You're like, man, don't prophesy that kind of doom stuff. I don't want that. I, I understand. I don't, I, don't, I don't want it for you either. 
But what I do want you to run to is I want you to anchor to the truth. Lord, I won't let go unless you bless me. Lord, I'm not going to let go of you. I know you cling to me, and I want to cling to you. Lord, you never let go. Lord, you're strong. You know, there's another narrative that talks about holding on, clinging to. It's over in the book of Ruth. I taught on that book years ago. But Ruth and Naomi and how their, their friendship has forged them and how they just cling, embrace, encounter, hold tightly to one another and how they love each other profoundly. So I think about Jacob, how he holds on. I think about Ruth and Naomi. And then I think about us. Are we holding on? Are we holding on to God in great faith? God wants to push us to that point this morning. Lord, I've lost everything, but I haven't lost you. God, I might not have everything else, but I've got you. And God, you're all I need. I know you're saying, man, that just sounds like a great preacher platitude. No, that's the truth of the gospel. God, you're what I need. This morning, right now, my sweet mother-in-law that sits right back there, hadn't been in the last few months to church. She's laying over in the Emory Hospital right now. And Donna's been back and forth. We'll go again this week. Y'all just continue to pray with us. You know, when we can't be where, with her, it's tough. But we know that God holds her in the palm of his hand and that God's got this. How many of you believe that today, church? You're saying, well, man, I, I got a situation like that. I can't, I can't physically be present either, but God can. That's right. And you pray and you ask God to grant his grace and his strength in that situation to wherever you are. Lord, is, I, I just wonder today, is there a fear right now that you've got in your life? Just think about it. Just write down the word fear and write question mark. And then deal with it. Say, God, is there a fear that's kind of controlling my life? Because, God, I, I need to take hold of you. I need to cling to you. I need you to be greater than my fear. And there's a lot of fears. I could go up and down the uh, rows this morning, and some of you could talk about fears that you have. And some <coughs> maybe don't seem very big, but they're big to you, so they are big. But whatever fear it is, I, I just ask this this morning. Lord, help us just to release our fears, our anxieties, our concerns, our worries. Lord, we just cast them upon you because you care for us. So here it is. Jacob doesn't let go of the Lord. It's just a, such a powerful story here that Jacob began the night believing that his greatest need was to escape from Esau. He ended the night believing that his greatest need was to trust in the blessing of God's promise. And what changed him from fearing man to trusting God's word was prolonged and painful wrestling with God. Through the night watch, in that night watch, he just fought with God all night to where God ultimately had his way. And it could be this morning, there's somebody right now saying, man, that's what I've been doing. I've been fighting God, and I'm not doing very good. Well, he's God. I mean, what would you expect? You think you're going to trump God? I mean, that's just, if you believe that, you're just dumb, okay? I said it from this platform. That's just dumb to think I'm going to outmaneuver God. All the times people are like, oh, I couldn't do that. Uh, God, God might find out. God already knows what you were thinking in your heart. He knows the evil that lurks within our hearts. But that's about grace, man. God comes and rescues us. Is anybody in this room glad and wants to give a testimony that you're glad that God's grace is greater than your sin and that God continually wants to rescue you from yourself? Man, I know I am. Man, if I'm left on my own, I'm a mess. You're going, man, you're already a mess. If you didn't have God, you'd be a real mess. I would. But you know what? I've been listening to some of you, and you're a mess too. And with Christ, man, we can overcome, and we can be strong, and God, so God does not let go. 
I, I, I love that. God doesn't let go. You know, I found a lot of times people have religious activity, especially down here in the Bible Belt. I've always said we're the buckle of the Bible Belt, but I feel like in this day and age that the, uh, the buckle has fallen off. There's just all kind of craziness going on in our world. People aren't anchoring to the tenets of scriptural truth, and we need to return to God's Word. But as we look at this, I think about people can have a concept of God, but somehow in the midst of that, they're self-sufficient. So this whole story is about disposing ourselves of self-sufficiency and saying, God, I trust you. I trust you to make me a better parent. I trust you to make me the wife or the husband I need to be. I trust you, God, to make me the Christian that you've redeemed me to be. I trust you, God, to make me a witness of your love. God, I trust you for whatever. God, you're great. Lord, it's, it's Jacob's story here. He just comes to trust in God. It's such a profound truth here this morning when I think about how great he is or how great God is in the life of Jacob. You know, Jacob realizes in, in the moment, the battle, he, he thought, man, my battle was with Esau. You know, Esau's coming to get me. He's bringing his men. Oh, my brother's going to get me. That wasn't it. Then he thought, oh, my battle must be with my uncle because, uh, you know, Uncle Laban, and that's not it. Then he thinks, well, my battle must be with my, the rest of my family. That wasn't it. Then he thought, well, my battle must be with myself and partially right. But ultimately, his battle was with God. God was trying to speak into his life. God was trying to do something really powerful in his life, and he was fighting God. So this morning, when you leave here, if you don't get anything else, just remember this. You're not going to win against God. Don't fight him. Cry, uncle. Surrender. You remember that song we sing right here, white flag? Raise your flag of surrender. God, I surrender. Hey, did y'all ever... When you were kids, I know you girls didn't, but us guys, we were out there, and we always wanted to see who was the strongest, and we'd always wrestle and, and throw people down and all this. And, uh, and, when you, and if you had the stronger guy, and they got you on your back, or they were hurting you, what did you cry? Uncle, please let me up. And, and, and that's a horrible position to be in that, because you're like, man, I want, I'm man, I want, I want to win. But ultimately, that's a great position to be in with God, that God, I give I submit, I give up, I trust you. And see, sometimes we have real strong flesh and we don't want to give up. And it could be that God's trying to bring us to the end of ourselves this morning. That's why you're here for this message. And God's just like, okay, I got something for you if you'll just listen. Don't hold on to your strength. Don't hold on to your success. Don't hold on to your reputation. Don't hold on to whatever. Hold on to me. Cling to my hand. Trust me. Be at risk. Go after me. Listen to this. I love this. Faith is not something we achieve out of our own strength. It's something we discover when we have nothing else to hold on to. Lord, whom do I have, whom do I have in heaven but you, O oh God? There is none like you, Father. You're faithful and true. I will trust you all the days of my life. I will bless the name of the Lord. His praise will be on my lips. He's a good God. Lord, I don't know what the battle is that we might be in today, but you want to take us to a place that you can have your way. Um, the whole thing, he told Jacob, he says, Jacob, you, you know what Jacob means? It means deceiver, not a, a manipulator, grabber. Not a good name, is it? But he goes, now your name will be Israel. And Israel means to persevere, to hold on to, and El means God. So you're not going to be the master manipulator anymore, Jacob. You're going to be a man of God. 
and you're going to submit to me, and you're going to surrender to me. And in that process, I'm going to do something excellent in your life. And I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to change you. You know, if you've ever heard this, we are the people of Israel. We really are. We're not called the people of Abraham. We're not called the people of David. We're called the people of Israel this morning. And it means that we struggle, but we hold on to God. And God, even though I have a limp, you're with me. And I don't know what your limp is, and you're saying, well, I know exactly what my limp is. Oh, oh that's good. Know your weakness. Know, know where you're susceptible. But God, in that, that's the thing that draws my heart to you, and I realize it. Because I think if we have no problems, if we have no challenges, if we have no limps, if we don't have whatever, like when every, have you ever noticed this, when life is going so great for you that God tends to kind of get reduced to the corner? But you get an illness, you get a sickness, you can't get in the school you're trying to get into, that life's not going for you, you start looking to God. Do I have a witness? Do I have a witness? Man, life's not going the way you want. Oh, God, God, help me. All the time, hey, when people in this church over 21 years, when things are going good, now they might be praising the Lord and dancing. But man, when things are tough, man, everybody comes out, man, they want prayer. They want the word. They want something. But a lot of times they, what they want to do is they want to manipulate God for the situation and then go on a little like they want. But Jacob tells me something greater here. He learns that God is what he needs. God is what he wants. God is who he has. He clings to him. He holds on to God. Here's what I want you to see. Let me, let me go, go back to the John Wartburg quote. See, isn't that great? Faith is not something we achieve out of our strength. It's something we discover when we have nothing else to hold on to. Now go to the next one. This is what I want you to see. God, can you write this down? How, how, many, how many words is that? Four. You're saying, man, what did your pastor preach about today? Four words. Man, he preached a four-word sermon. But no, he kind of was, uh, uh, he was very loquacious. He, he talked for a long time this morning. But here, here it is. This is a, uh, the cliff note version. God, I need you. You're all I need. Is he all you've got? You're saying, no, oh, you know, I want God plus a little other stuff. God says, no, I want to be supreme. I want to be sufficient. I want to be the one that rules your life. Run to me. This morning it could be your, your life's in shambles, your marriage is in trouble, finances are in trouble. I, I don't know what's going on. But letting go and hanging on is a process. And God wants to take us through that. Real change. Look at this right here at the very bottom. Real change is grabbing hold and letting go. God, I grab hold of you and I let go of my control and my situation. But God, I'm going to hold your hand. God, I just want to hold you. You know, that's what I pray is that you'll just walk with God and you'll hold on to him through the thick, through the thin, through the good, through the bad. Whatever it is, God, I trust you, I believe in you, I look to you, because we are stubborn, stuck, comfortable, we are afraid. Would anybody agree with that truth this morning? We do get stuck sometimes. We do get comfortable. We, we are stubborn. But God just grabs hold of us, and we want to grab back to him and say, God, don't let go of me. I'm going to ask Jeremy or somebody if he'll come to the piano, and I want you to hear this. Jacob holds on to God saying, Lord, I want you. I want you above all else. I cling to you, God. God, I desire you. I desire nobody else, Lord, but you. Lord, you're sufficient. So Jacob was wrestling with God to get the blessing 
and he fought through the watch of the night. And God, in that experience, reduced Jacob to nothingness. And he realized in that, that he, Jacob realized that his weakness, in his weakness, there was strength. So this morning, in your weakness, that's your, that's your strong place. Lord, I can't do this. I know, but I can. And I will empower you. And I will fill you. And I will go with you. And that's my joy for you this morning, is that uh, through all this that I've tried to say today, I hope, maybe, I don't know if I've been clear or not, I hope I am, but I, I just hope that you'll go, God's what I need. God's who I want. I'm just going to hold him. And, uh, you know, I find all the times I, I find myself incapable to do things. And when I just reach out to the Father, he's proved himself over and over and over how great and strong and mighty he is. He's a God that delivers. I pray that God will deliver you from the fire. I pray that God will deliver you from the thing that's holding you back. But in that, I believe God's going to show you strength, and strength is in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it, says the Scripture. This morning, just as we close out together this Memorial Day weekend, I pray that God will call you to maybe wrestle with him in prayer. But in that experience, it will be an invitation to blessing. And God will bless you with the prize. And you know who the prize is? It's God himself. He is the one to be embraced. Let's pray. Lord, I love Sunday mornings. It's my favorite day of the week. I love your people. I love being a shepherd. But I love the Lord Jesus more than anything. I need him. My friends need him, Father. And Lord, we've come today to say, Lord, draw near to us. May we seek you with all our heart. And the Bible says you'll be found. May people today that have come with heavy hearts, may, they, may their load be lighter because they're clinging to you now and not themselves. Lord, teach us what you want to teach us today through this message. But God, you're good and faithful and true, and you've never failed. You've never been defeated. You're a victorious king, and we're grateful for the cross. And because of the cross, we can be free and we can live. Let us experience the fullness of Jesus today, God, on this Memorial Day weekend. Refresh people all across this room, God, with your presence, with your strength. Answer people's prayers, Father. Give them great dreams. Give them great vision. Give our people health and healing. But give them Jesus. Give us Jesus. Until we come together again, we say amen.